Even after finishing the season seven and five, many are still wondering what is in store for the future of Scott Satterfield as it pertains to being the head coach for the future for the Louisville Cardinals. We're going to break down why he's going to be the head coach next season. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how much of an impact the bowl game has on that status and what needs to change ahead of 2023 on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's Cardinals action right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price that you'll love. Try it today. Man, it feels like it's been almost like a calendar year since we've had a Woman Wednesday, but Cardinals co-founder and editor Jeremy Woman back in the virtual set. 55, long overdue. Glad to have you back. Man, I'm glad to be back. I thought I thought we were getting ready to do a show in the middle of a, a tornado, but it sounds like things have calmed down outside, so I'm just happy to be here and happy to be here. Now, there you go. Um, so on today's episode of the show, I, I saved this episode for Jeremy's, um, edition of the show, because I feel like this is one that, you know, he's been very adamant on in terms of, uh, win totals and things like that. We're going to talk about why Scott Satterfield is going to be the head coach of the Cardinals next season. We'll talk about what the impact, uh, that a bowl game could possibly have on that status, if any, and then we'll talk about the, um, what needs to change ahead of 2023? Um, if you listen to the Cardinal Sports Home Podcast, if you don't, you should. Um, Jeremy has been very, very, very clear and singing the same tune all year long that if Scott Satterfield gets to seven wins, he's back for year five in his tenure. Well, the Cardinals are at seven and five, but many are still wondering what the future holds for Scott Satterfield. Some are um, trying to persuade the university on social media to fire Scott Satterfield. Um, personally, I, I don't think that there's a conversation to be had. The only conversation really is the talk of an extension. Uh, Jeremy, why is it that we're seeing a lot of the fan base, in your opinion, um, coming from the 4-2 and two finish of the season – Everyone's still looking for that coaching change, and I'm kind of, I'm not necessarily confused because I understand it, but I'm like, what more needs to be done? Oh, man, you should not have asked me that question. Uh, it's a pretty loaded question. The, 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 listen, the fact of the matter is this, and we talked about that. We, we alluded to this a little bit on our pre-show conversation about other sports. People just aren't patient. They think that we either need to be undefeated or have their guy or this or that. We just finished the toughest six-game ske six schedule in the history of the University of Louisville where all six teams were ranked at one point or another during this season. Only th The weird thing is, is that like three of them were ranked the week before we played them and lost. Uh, two of them were ranked when we played them, and then that last teams just sucked the whole second half of the season. We just, for whatever reason, we cannot scheme for the Smurf turds at all. Can I say Smurf turd? Is that okay? I mean, 
I don't know why you wouldn't. Okay. All right. Well, you can believe it out. Um, so I don't just people are never satisfied about anything. We're sitting there at two and three or two and four. No, it's two and three. No, one and three. We're sitting there at one and three, and it's like two and three. three. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. We're sitting there at two and three, and everybody's like, we got to fire him now. Actually, we're sitting there at 0 and 1, and people are like, we got to get rid of Look, whatever this has happened since the pandemic, and it may have stretched a little bit before that to where everybody, it's almost like I'm looking through an entire timeline, and please don't be offended by this. I'd be offended if you said it. I'm looking through a whole Lexington-based timeline on my social media, and I know that's not the case. Just people are, are unhappy about everything. Um, I was told pretty early in the process that seven wins was – they thought it was an unattainable number, so they set seven wins as the mark to keep them. He got that number, had a chance to, to up that number by one, and we just didn't get it done. Uh so I don't know why people are complaining. It's um, I saw something earlier from our guy Jacob, who uh, hi Jacob, who who put up posted something about the Sagarin ratings and by whatever formula they use, this is the seventh best Louisville football team in the history of the program. Now, I don't know how they figured that out. I don't necessarily agree with that myself. I don't either. I was about to say. I mean, maybe um, it might not even be the seventh best team in the two. 2000s but Sagarin why however Sagarin figures out stuff it was the seventh best to, and it's probably has a lot to do with strength of schedule man that's last six game and then you fit then you factor in the fact nine of the 12 teams we played this year were ranked at some point for uh, it's the 19th best strength of schedule in college yeah, football. so I don't get it I, everybody's I mean, wanted Brom for three I years they wanted sat out since he had the interview with South Carolina and I mean, I mean I look I get the frustration that I mean that frustration still I believe has built the foundation of why people um are ready to move on and look I I get the other side of the argument I understand why there would be some people that are unhappy with Scott Satterfield because the team underachieved through the first six games, three and three, losing to Florida State and Boston College, regardless if Florida State has been ranked. Both of those games are games that Louisville should have won. Last year was all about um, you know losing on the 50-50 games. It looked like that was going to be the case um, early on this season, but the team turned it around. They went four and two. Look, are there questions and concerns surrounding the schemes offensively and possibly defensively in some aspects? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about in the final segment of the show. Right. Just because, Jeremy, I, the biggest thing that is the what's the biggest pet peeve for me in society today is that if one thing's true, then something else couldn't be true. That is the biggest pet peeve that I have with society. Just because I'm saying that. Scott Satterfield should be the head coach at Louisville next year does not mean that I'm perfectly content. Like some things do have to change. There are some things that have to be adjusted. So, but getting to seven wins with a top 20 schedule, um, I understand. Yeah. Could this team have won one to two more games? Sure. But when you talk about seven wins, the recruiting as well, I just don't see any way that you let him go. The other Aspect of this is the talk of an extension. He has one year left on his deal. Personally, I think it's going to be hard to imagine he goes into the next season without at least one more year. Uh, what does 
a possible extension look like for Scott Satterfield, in your opinion? Well, I, I think if they extend him, and, and I agree with you, it's Jimmy Sexton get gets his guys paid. Yeah, I mean, it's he does. You can't you can't argue. Well, I, with I'm that. feeling like it's only a matter of of when and not if. I, I think Louisville does need to be careful with um, the buyout, though, because if, for instance, like year five is the telltale sign, in my opinion. If year five goes south and the Cardinals struggle and the athletics brass decides it's time to move on, but with the extension came a new buyout, I think you had to be very careful when instituting the buyout um, and and things of that nature. So it's going to be about the language uh, of the contract. No, I agree, I agree with you there. I, I, I don't think you give them an extension right away. I do think, I mean, the guy – it's like people around here forget we went three seasons in a row uh, under he who shall not be named where he didn't go to a boat any of those three years. We were three for four with the COVID year being the exception for set. He he's done a, he's done a, uh, he's done a good job. He's not done a great job. We still halfway through the season, we're sitting there at three and three. Well, let's go back to two and three. We lost a heartbreaker to Florida State, where if their starting quarterback stays in, we probably we probably win that game. It's weird how that uh, works, <laughs> it, right? You're and you're honestly probably not wrong. I, I think that honestly, if we had been prepared, if we had made adjustments throughout the whole season, I could see realistically us sitting here with ten wins right now. Uh, but we didn't adjust against Boston College. We weren't even prepared for Syracuse. And how in God's name that we can't double or triple team a, a, an eight-foot giant in the, on the right side of the field in the end zone is, is beyond me. But things did seem to get better. Still not ready to give anybody any flowers or anything. The thing that killed us this year, man, was continuity. We, we were injured a lot Lack of up and down the roster. It, for sure. Yeah, and, and it just – like that – that is, you're you're gonna ask me a question in a few minutes, and this is what's what I'm gonna lean on. Set saving grace with these seven wins, or that he won seven games with a deflated roster, with a deflated offense the entire season. Malik got hurt four, that, three or four different times. Wouldn't you agree that if Louisville's recruiting was maybe even on par with last year? that maybe there's more of a conversation to be had. But look, this could go down as like the best class in Louisville history, and there are only 15 commits currently. So, I mean, uh, I don't want to spend too long on this topic. I want to get either. into the next topic uh, of the bowl season. Look, I I have a certain like way that I see bowl games. I'll tell you all about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends – over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting needs. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So heading into the second segment with Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder and editor Jeremy Wallman. Um, Jeremy, talking about Scott Satterfield next season. Uh, but before we do that, uh, and talking about the changes that need to be made, the bowl game, 
Obviously, TBD, the um, bowl schedule What'd gets you released. Me? I'll get out of here. The bowl schedule gets released on Sunday. It seems like maybe the Sun Bowl, uh, the First Responder Bowl, something along those lines. Uh, but a bowl that, in the grand scheme of things, in in another light, I guess you could say, um, all it really does is offer some positive momentum heading into the next season, but there's not a lot of um, big implications from a bowl game that's not a New Year's Six Bowl or um, the playoffs. So I, I don't think you can take a lot away from bowl games, especially because the of the transfer portal. You saw last year how depleted the Cardinals were that could definitely be the case this year. And I already think Scott Satterfield is going to be back. But even in the case in which there was to be a discussion, I just don't think a bowl game really has that much weight in the grand scheme of things when determining if a coach gets another season. Well, here's what I'll say about that. I think the bowl has no uh, bearing on his – and I think he's uh, – on him being retained or not. I know a lot of people are like, well, if we lose to the blue team and we lose the ball game badly, then he's got to go. Here's the thing. We don't even know who's playing in the ball game, who's opting right. out. Who? I mean, is Malik going to play that game? Or is he going to get healed up and get ready for the NFL draft? Or whatever his next uh, move is. I mean, Tyon already left to, to unofficially, officially left to, to get ready for that. Um. Cooley, Mitchell, Banks, more. I mean, even more. It was good to see today that Popeye Williams and Amari Huggins-Bruce kind of pledged their return to the team and a couple of more. I don't remember them all. Those were the two I was worried about the most. But uh, the good thing is is that Sat's got a built-in excuse for this game. If we we have all these players that do play and we don't play well, it's, well, I mean, Malik's been banged up the whole year. If we get to that game and these players opt out or transfer, it's like, well, he didn't have his whole team. So, yeah, I, I, this year, this bowl game is not going to have, especially since half this team ain't even going to be on the team next year. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, maybe, it's have no, just, maybe if it was like, I'm trying to think of a situation in which it really would matter. Um, I guess pre-transfer portal or like pre-immediately eligible transfer portal where um, maybe a team is sitting at four and eight and they have a really good showing in the bowl game and it offers some hope and maybe the team decides to keep their coach. Look, I don't necessarily know, but I've seen some takes on social media um, that have – suggested that if Louisville gets blown out in the bowl game, that they should fire Scott Satterfield. First of all, <laughs> if you fire Scott Satterfield after the bowl game, assuming that it's probably going to be a, be a bowl out West the last two weeks of December, right? That would do more harm than good because yeah. that right now you have the transfer portal that opens up on the fifth. So not only do you get thrown behind in that regard, you possibly lose your high school uh, recruiting class, and then you're that far behind in the transfer portal because it's going to take you at least two weeks to hire a new coach. So you're already behind. So um, mm -hmm. 
had to discuss that a little bit. Uh, but for the remainder of the show, I, I think I wanted to dedicate the majority of the time to discussing what some of the changes um, are needing to be made ahead of next season. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, after talk to you about Locked On Sports Today. Thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading into the final segment with Jeremy Wallman. Jeremy, when you look at the um, aspects of this program that need to be changed ahead of year five for Scott Satterfield, what's the one that steps or steps that stands out most to you? I just don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> well, I, I uh, that... by all means, don't say it. No, no, you know me. I. I'll find somebody else to give me information. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, I, I think we actually have to get an offensive coordinator that set trust to call the offensive plays. Now, with that being said, I like Lance. Uh, I like Lance a lot. I think Lance a lot. <laughs> I, I, I like him a lot. I think maybe he was brought in to coach next year's offense. I don't know that to be true, but. For me, the two, big, two, two biggest things are we need a play caller because as much as I love to run the ball 700 times a game and throw a flea flicker in there at some point. This isn't uh, the 1980s? It's not the 1980s. I wasn't uh, even def- born in the 80s. I wasn't even thought of in the 80s. I was barely born in the 90s, Jeremy. How does it make you feel? Like I got to live a whole lot of awesome years that, that you didn't. <laughs> um, what was it like watching the teams in the 80s? Uh, it Never was, mind. It was, let's let's get back on track. I, I was. I know you could probably talk about that for thirty minutes. I was five in the eighties, but anyway, um, defensively, we we have to, um, we have to stop playing so far off the ball. I will say this: Do you think Brian it, Brown's back for, for starters? Do you think he's back? Yeah. I mean, do you think? I think the main thing, I think, honestly, it's weird to say because if you were to suggest this last year, people would look at you like, what? Um, honestly, with Louisville having such success in the pass rush, I could see a group of five team looking to try to promote him to head coach Please. before Louisville were to fire him. Look, so, I don't uh, want a whole lot for Christmas. My Christmas is going to suck this year anyway. If there's any Power 5 team out there watching this, Brian Brown is a perfect guy to come lead your team. Um, he's, you know, he is um, set in his ways. He likes to call a lot of blitzes. Um, please come get him. Great. I dude. will say this, you know, Brian Brown has caught a lot of criticism and honestly, rightfully so. I will give him credit for making some changes after the Boston College game and deciding to bring that pressure. More so. Um, so I will give him that credit. Um, but obviously there are some changes that need to be made defensively, um, especially with pass coverage, secondaries, um, and also uh, rushing defense as well. But I think the main thing is uh, offensive play calling, like you said. Yeah, and we got to also remember our defense is going to be 
is not going to be as, as dominant as it was this year. We're losing a lot of playmakers. I mean, just to name a few, Yasir, Yaya, Monty. Um, said I was only going to name a few. So th- those guys have been uh, have been so key to this defense and the run that that it's went on. And 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 Des, I mean Des Tell was a, a nice surprise with Lole going down, and and Quincy Riley and MJ Griffin. Like if y'all noticed, our secondary started playing a lot better. When, when Quincy and MJ were put in there alongside of, of Keytrail, Keytrail started playing better when he didn't have to worry about defending an entire side of the field uh, with him and Brownlee by himself. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's got to be some tweaks defensively, but for me, the biggest thing is our offensive playbook, especially if we're going to start changing our – hopefully we, we're – Bringing in the players that we're bringing in, you got to assume we're going to change our our offensive philosophy up a little bit, and uh, we just got to we got to get the only thing that that makes sense to me is he doesn't trust Lance Taylor's play calling abilities, um, and I, I, I that's the only thing logically that when, when you th- run all the numbers, that's what it looks like. Now I'm not saying he doesn't. Jeremy Wadman said no. Jeremy Wadman didn't say. Uh, it just appears from from a uh, observ- observation point that he's just not wanting to give over the play calling duties. He sat there in the press conference after Boston College and was like, "I'm going to hand over the play calling duties to Lance." And then we beat Virginia that next week, and he's like, "The first question to him was." Well, how did Lance's play calling get y'all the win today? Oh, I was going to do that, but I didn't do it. I caught all the plays. All the good plays were mine. I'm like, the f- what? Yeah, I mean, I think you offer a logical explanation. The other explanation you, is that sometimes it's not the personnel you have um, in terms of the coaching staff. Some offensive-minded coaches like to call their own plays, so sometimes it's hard to give those up. Um, but it's necessary. Look, college football has turned the trend into um, fast-paced air raid offenses that sling the ball all over the field, that move the ball in chunk yardage. Um, What was offense this season uh, was very um, inconsistent, and I think, honestly, it's because of that lack of home run ability. I think play calling had a lot to do with that. Um, You know, like you said, running the football. There's nothing wrong with running the football. But if you're doing it 70% of the time and you are virtually getting very little help in the passing game, it is what it is. I I hate to bring the other school up the road or down the road east of Louisville uh, up, but look, there's a coach there that runs that program in Lexington that also had to do what Scott Satterfield is being tasked with doing, giving up the play calling. Gives it up to Liam Cohen, and what happens? The offense at that school that should not be named absolutely got transformed. So sometimes it's not bad to just be like the CEO of a program and having someone else calling the plays because at this point, that might need to be what happens because, look, if you're wanting to convince all of these uh, highly rated offensive guys to come into this program – you have to have a system that people want to play in. 
running backs, it's probably going to be easy to convince because you're running the ball a lot. But you have to open the playbook up more. If you feel like it's a personnel issue, I get it. But still, the personnel on the field are is a result of your recruiting. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand. So Absolutely. If, if that makes any sense, I know I will. No, it does. No, it completely does. And then, I mean, outside of the offense, um, defensively, I think that, like you said, we're losing a lot. Um, they're really going to have to utilize the transfer portal. Um, I know that we have, uh, assuming that they sign some highly rated prospects coming in, but they'll be true freshmen, so you can't really, really rely too much on that. Uh, prospects, um, transfer portal, and other players rising to the occasion and rising into bigger roles. Um Things have to change defensively. Just because the team was extremely good in the pass rush doesn't mean that um, this defense gets a pass because we saw in the final game of the season there are changes that need to be made schematically defensively that still haven't been made four years into this coaching staff's tenure. Well, I mean, it's getting better. We played them this Oh, it's getting better, better than, but they're still – I, mean, I, I, would, I would just say – if if we get if we get Lole to come back and if we can get another home run because I think Sonogo's done now too, mm-hmm. uh, that was a home run uh, transfer get. If we can get a couple of guys like him on defense, um, I think we'll be all right. But yeah, for me, it's it's the play calling on offense and defense. I just did not see any. I I didn't see any adjustments made, but. Not a big defense. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a secondary guy myself, anyway. So all last I know is thing, all the awesomeness. Say, last thing I'll say before we wrap up, Jeremy, you can tell me if, if you think I'm right or wrong. I feel like if the Louisville pass rush didn't get home, we saw the same old defense. Yeah, struggling in the secondary, struggling to stop the run. When we got after the quarterback, who knows? Thankfully, we were for most part of the season the best team in the country when it came to getting in the opposing backfield. But when the pass rush did not get home and alter a play directly, more often than not, it was the same thing. You're right. So that's why I really want to just really quick. I I really, and and I don't know this to be 100% true, but to me, it looked like it was more of the player's effort that changed rather than there being any kind of adjustments made. Uh, if that makes sense, I feel like they. Uh, I, I feel like just with Yaya, Yasir, and and Monty, and and Momo, I saw them start to get after a, a little bit more as the season went on, and then obviously after that, uh, after that Virginia game, our defense turned into a different beast. I definitely agree. Jeremy, love having you on. Definitely going to be having you on more. I really haven't been having guests on um, really at all. So I do apologize to the listeners out there. Um, But looking to revamp that up with my schedule finally, beginning to get a little bit more lenient. But, Jeremy, for this episode, do us all a favor. Plug us into your socials and uh, your social security number. Not your social media, your social security number, address, date of birth, all that good stuff. It's four zero one. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> but uh, uh, plug us into your socials. Any lasting thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can find the number one Twitter for Louisville fans 
They shouldn't guy. have gave me that award. I appreciate it, but that's, I'm going to be insufferable with that for a couple of weeks. Uh, you can find me at Jeremy underscore CSZ. You can find the website at Card Sport Zone on all the social medias. Um, my last words are this. I know that this was a football-centric show, um, but y'all, we have got to start acting differently on social media. I, I cannot stress to you how much other recruits see what y'all are saying, other parents, uh, recruits' parents, coaches, the players. Like We got to do better, y'all. Very first article I wrote for Cardinal Sports Zone said we have to do better because I was starting to see a little bit of the turn then, and I can only blame this on maybe a decade of house-divided families procreating, and that's why our Louisville fans are acting that way. I don't know. I can't say that for sure, but look, as somebody who's learned, a, uh, both of us have, le- have learned a lot of hard lessons over the last 12 months as I sit here staring at a picture of my dad, and there's so much more important things in life than firing people after every down or every loss or every, every win or I mean, my God, I can't even get on Twitter during a football game anymore because if we take the lead, yeah, we're, we're the best. And then we give up a touchdown. No, man, we suck. So, <laughs> and it, it, it's almost bipolar to an extent. So that's what I'll leave you with. Let's do better. Let's realize that sports are as, meant as a way for entertainment. They're not real life. You're not on the team. I don't clock in for the team. Uh, it's, 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 it's okay to be a fan and I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan, even though I kind of just tried to, but man, just appreciate the time you have with the people you have. And, and, and let's turn this whole vibe around, man. I, I, I hate seeing Cardination the way it, it's been the last two years. Those are the wise words of Jeremy Wallman. Obviously, I'm Dalton Pence. Uh, There will be one more episode on this Wednesday edition of the show as we conclude the month, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. Uh, But obviously, um, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Um, Everyone, have a great day. Have a good rest of your week, um, and we'll see you right back here really soon.